Hello, and welcome to episode 617 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva. We are two of the co-founders here at ETR. And fantasy football drafts, they are happening all around us. You can feel it in the air. Evan, how's it going today? It's going well. Um, cuts are beginning. And we just went on the Adam Schefter podcast. So he'll be on the look lookout for that one. Yep, for sure. Great friend of the show. Adam Schefter, honored to be on as always with him. On today's show, we're going to do a very simple exercise. We're going to go round by round through the first 10 rounds of the draft, discuss our favorite player to draft in each round. Two things before we get into it here. First, we worked out a deal with DraftKings for you guys. I hate deals and promos. I always think there's like a string attached and it's not worth the hassle. I assure you there are no strings on this. It is what it is. If you purchase DraftKit Pro, or the bundle on Establish the Run, you will get an email giving you $10 to play on DraftKings. So DraftKit Pro is $49.99, but if you're playing best ball on DraftKings or whatever, it's effectively $39.99. Second, reminder that if you do plan to play DFS this year, you need our in-season package. Really hard to compete without having the baseline of the best projections, the best ownership projections. We have a massive team of data scientists, professional DFS players, professional NFL analysts working on our in-season product, Check it out on the subscribe page. We really do spend hundreds of hours a week tweaking our model, our inputs, looking for every shred of news that could help give us an edge. All right, let's get into it here with round by round favorite picks. Let's start in round one. Again, my favorite spot to pick remains around pick five, pick six, because my favorite pick in round one for that reason is Tyreek Hill. I think he's at the end or in the middle-ish of that first tier, of that tier after Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I mean, the target concentration for Tyreek Hill, their number three wide receiver, the Dolphins, is going to be Braxton Berrios. Derm Smythe is their tight end. He's not really a pass catcher. Tyreek averaged 10 targets per game last year, sixth most in the league, at a 12.7 yard dot. He led the entire league in yards per route run. And I understand that we have the two it took of a lower risk. I think there's a little bit better of a backup situation this year with Mike White. Not like Mike White is good, but he can at least serviceable and has shown he can throw for 300 yards in an NFL game. And so I love getting Tyreek Hill in the middle of the first round because I think I get the end of that next tier in the second round. And that's really what I want. Tyreek Hill for me, favorite pick in round one. Evan, any thoughts there? And then go ahead with your first favorite pick in round one. Yeah. You know, people were concerned about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was like going to the at the third, fourth round turn a lot last year because people were worried, oh, he's losing Mahomes. He goes to Miami and they build the offense through him and Jalen Waddle actually used him as a rack weapon primarily. And he goes and he sets career highs and everything. So they're going to continue to build the offense through him and Jalen Waddle, and I, I think he's a very safe pick. He's 29 years old now, but clearly has lost nothing off of his fastball. My favorite pick in the first round, I'm just taking the layup, and I'm going with Justin Jefferson. I actually think that the best pick in the first round is 1.01. I understand that people have concerns about that 2-3 turn, coming back to that, but I think that often enough, someone awesome ends up falling to you, uh, at least that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. And locking in Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's the favorite to win like everything. He was offensive player of the year last year. And he, he actually got double teamed more than most of the receivers in the league. 
And I think that that could lessen a little bit with a full season of TJ Hawkinson and, um, and Jordan Addison upgrading on Adam Thielen. So super, 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 super safe and super, super high upside plays in a dome. Kirk Cousins can absolutely get him the ball. I think that their offensive line is going to be better this year. Justin Jefferson going to crush. We all know it. 11 dome games for Justin Jefferson this year, I think helps. And also Vikings defense is just an absolute mess. I think helps Justin Jefferson as well. If you're thinking about strategy, if you pick one, we did do a podcast uh, last week or maybe two weeks ago on how to develop a strategy when you pick in spots one through four. Talked a lot about having the one pick there. Be sure you check that out. All right. Round two, my favorite pick is Tony Pollard. Uh, I've been talking about this for like, three or four months now, I just don't understand why people are always trying to poke holes in Tony Pollard. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott is gone. I'm not expecting Tony Pollard to soak up 350 touches, but 275 touches is definitely in the meaty part of the range. I mean, he's competing with Rico Dowdle. I hope I said that right that time. Deuce Vaughn, Malik Davis. I mean, to me, those guys are breather back stuff only. And I think this is going to be a pass-centric team, which is actually good for Tony Pollard, 0.24 targets per route run last year. Ezekiel Elliott was at 0.12. I mean, 0.24 is strong. Saquon last year, 0.24. Aaron Jones, 0.26. Cowboys still have a really strong offensive line. Thorne has them sixth. Just one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL with a clear path to goal line work and a clear path to more receptions. I just, Tony Pollard in the second round to me is a steal. And like these starts that sometimes people give us like, Tua, Tony Pollard's start is just incredible. If I'm in the back of the first round, I have absolutely no problem whatsoever starting wide receiver Tony Pollard and stuff like that. Evan, any Pollard takes? And then let's go to your round two selection. Yeah, you said Tua, Tony Pollard. Sorry. I think, I think by accident. You Ty- mean like Tyreek, Tony Tyreke, Pollard? Tyreek, Tony yeah. Pollard, if you can swing that. Yeah, yeah that is such an exclusive start. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to, throw the crap out of the ball this year. And Tony Pollard is going to be in space and he's going to be awesome. I mean, I recently moved him up when Ezekiel Elliott went to new England and it became clear that Tony Pollard is hundred percent recovered from last year's fibula and high ankle uh, fracture. I mean, I, I moved Tony Pollard up to my RB three overall. I have him ahead of Saquon at this point, ahead of Nick Chubb. So I'm with you on him. Um, my second favorite or my, my favorite pick in the second round and you can usually get him actually his ADP on fantasy pros right now, which I think is a decent reflection of home leagues uh, is 24 overall. You can get Jalen Waddle at the end of the second round. And again, actually he was more the deep, deep threat last year than Tyree kill, but they're going to continue to feed him. I think that it's not crazy to think that Jalen Waddle this year could actually overtake Tyree kill as the theoretical number one or, or just outproduce him. Um, I, I think that that's not crazy. I think that Jalen Waddle is a player in clear ascent. And I think that they could actually even use him more than they did last year. I think he's, he's an easy, easy mid to late second round pick. And I'm willing to take him at like 14 overall, even like I, I want Jalen Waddle on my team. Love, love, love Jalen Waddle. I mean, if you want to argue Tyreek is in decline, which I would disagree with, I don't think that's true at all. But there's no doubt Jalen Waddle is on the ascent. Absolutely. Love Jalen Waddle. Agree with Evan. You can get him back of round two. Typically, I certainly like that. Round three, I am going to go with, God, one of the Ravens guys. Because I think Jalen Hurts is going to be gone a lot in a lot of home mm-hmm. leagues. And so one of the Ravens guys to me is an awesome target in round three, either Lamar Jackson or 
Mark Andrews. I mean, this is the best setup of Lamar Jackson's career. Four first-round picks as his wide receivers. Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Nelson Aguilar. Obviously, he has Mark Andrews, who I like as a third-round pick a ton. Also, you get Todd Monken in there to increase the pace and increase the pass rate and be more creative. Lamar is going to run a ton, as we know, but the pass game stuff could really explode this year back towards those 2019 levels when he won the MVP. And so Lamar Jackson, to me, is in that same tier as Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And in, especially in leagues like softer home leagues or 10-team leagues, I want to get elite quarterback and getting Lamar like middle back of round three to me accomplishes that very, very well. So Lamar Jackson or Mark Andrews for me in round three. Evan, you go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, unless you're going to take Travis Kelsey in the first round, um, this is the the range where you start to look at the onesie, onesie positions. I think the, a lot of quarterbacks will end up going third, fourth round. And then Mark Andrews, I think, is a great third round pick. So we, we agree again. Um, I went with Ramondre Stevenson in round three. Now, ADPs can kind of be all over the place. I see that you have him in round four. I think on Fantasy Pros right now, his ADP is 37. So he is a fringe third, fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to take him at the end of the third round. I think he's the best player on the Patriots offense. I think they're going to build their offense. He's going to be the centerpiece of the offense. And he should be. I like their offensive line. I think their offense is going to be better than last year. Not great, but mid-pack. And Ramondre Stevenson is just so much more dynamic right now than Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott showed up and it was like, they're trying to get him to lose weight. I mean, they put him in a sweatsuit underneath his pads and he's out there in, in, in sweatpants. Like he, he showed up, he looked like a fullback. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to lose some weight before the season, but Ramondre Stevenson at this stage of their careers, Ramondre Stevenson is just so much better than Ezekiel Elliott. So I, I feel really good about him. Yeah, I, I had Ramondre as my round four target because I do think that he slips into round four a lot. And the reason that he does slip into round four a lot is because people think Ezekiel Elliott is a major threat. I mean, I can't think of anything that Ezekiel Elliott does better than Ramondre Stevenson at this point in their respective careers. I think that the Patriots will see that. And so, yeah, Ramondre was mine for round four. Evan, go back to you for your round four favorite. So I went with late, a late second round pick with Jalen Waddell, a late third round pick in Ramondre Stevenson. And I, I kind of cheated here because I went with a super early fourth round pick and often late third round pick in DK Metcalf in the fourth round. If he ever slips to the fourth round, just take him. I mean, you know, just run, you know, run the, run the card up to the podium. All right. Smash the button. DK Metcalf, I think he's going to have a really big year. No JSN probably for the first two, three games, although we did get positive news on him today uh, that he's going to avoid the IL list. So that probably means that he's going to play within the first month. But you're going to get a few games, I think, out of DK Metcalf with no JSN. And DK Metcalf is an, a guy who just is built to score double-digit touchdowns on a regular basis. Last year only had six. So I think he's going to hit – positive regression he's coming off 90 catches I mean 90 receptions last year that, that that's a lot man that, that was a career high for DK Metcalf I think his his rapport can stand to improve in the second year with Geno Smith we're buying the Seahawks offense and buying DK Metcalf aggressively yeah I, 
I like DK Metcalf. My concern taking him too high is always that the gap between him and Lockett, the gap between JSN is too big. But man, I don't want to say bad things about DK Metcalf. Dude is absolutely awesome. And obviously me and Evan both really like Seahawks offense this year. Let's go to round five. My favorite pick in round five is Christian Watson. I know that he goes in round four in best ball typically, but he his fantasy pros ADP is actually in round six. And I do think he'll go there. Major second-year breakout candidate for me and Christian Watson was absurdly efficient last year. I mean, first year out of North Dakota State, and he goes off for 2.26 yards per route run. That was 11th best in the entire NFL. He became the eighth guy to hit that 2.2 yards per route run as a rookie. Rest of the names, Tyreek Hill, Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham, Martavis Bryant. Now, I get it. The reason that people aren't excited about Christian Watson. The reason that we can get him in round five or round six is because the quarterback is Jordan Love and not Aaron Rodgers. And I totally get that. I just don't want to get out over my skis on evaluating Jordan Love talent. I just want to close my eyes and bet on Christian Watson talent and opportunity here. He's so clearly the number one target for this team. Christian Watson, year two breakout round five for me. Evan, any thoughts there? And then go ahead on your round five. Out over your skis. Ski is a great song by Young Thug. <laughs> um, I, I, I hope that you, 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 if you, if you don't listen to Young Thug, like get some Young Thug in your life. You're not going to believe it, but I've never heard of Young Thug. <laughs> <laughs> um, number five. Round five for me, Alexander Madison. I mean, he just been beating the hell out of this drum the entire time. Um, I just listened to a podcast with Alec Lewis of the, uh, he covers the Vikings for the athletic on, um, uh, he he was on with Robert Mays and there's just no question that this guy is going to be a bell cow in a top 10 offense. And I know he ran four, six, seven coming out of um, Boise state and, you know, he, he hasn't been super efficient. I mean, his, his yards per carry isn't impressive. I, I don't think he, he's going to have a, an impressive yards per carry because he's not really a, a home run hitting back. But I think he's just going to get the ball so much. And, and he's 220, 221 pounds, and he can he's built to execute at the goal line. And one thing Alec Lewis was talking about regarding Alexander Madison in training camp so far is that they've been feeding him the rock in the passing game. He can catch. They trust him to pass block. I I don't think this is a hard one. I really don't. And I think that people tried to make it hard for whatever reason. I, I I think he's like a, a really should be thought of as a guy worth taking at the two, three turn. And you can consistently get him in round five. He's one of my five, five highest drafted players on underdog. I, I, I think this is an easy one. The The argument against Madison, the only one, is that he's so bad at football. He's not good at football that he won't hold the job. You know, And I find that hard to believe because running back in the NFL at Alexander Madison's talent level, you can be good still. Like it's not, it's not crazy. You know? So I agree with Evan in round five. I agree that 15 to 20 p- touch projection right out of the gate, no-brainer. No-brainer for Alexander Madison. Like, Yeah. Easily. I mean, we're going to be playing him in DFS probably early on, right? I mean, yes, I have not looked at prices and matchups yet, right. but uh, yes, I, I if he has a round five t- kind of price tag, yes, undoubtedly. All right, round six. I had two here. Um, I am going to go. You know what? I'll say both just to give an extra one to the people. Um, 
round six for me was Deontay Johnson or Darren Waller. I'll make De- Darren Waller my official one. A healthy Darren Waller with Brian Dable and the lack of target competition they have at wide receiver. I mean, this is a pretty ideal setup for Waller. And I think that the bigger point here is that in managed leagues, which we're talking about today, especially smaller managed leagues like 10 team, but even 12 team, I just don't want to let get too far away from me at tight end. You know, Waller and Goddard are my targets, David and Joku later, but I just don't want to get stuck onto someone with no upside whatsoever, like a Higby type. Um, you know, I, I want to be in that Waller, Goddard, and Joku range. Waller would be my favorite of those. I know he's been steaming hard in best ball. Still think there's a chance you can get him round five or round six and managed. If not, Deontay Johnson in round six would be my favorite. Obviously going to have positive touchdown regression. Will Deontay Johnson and do just earns targets, period. And I do think earning targets is a skill. And Deontay Johnson is very, very, very good at that. So those would be my two in round six. Evan, who do you got? Around six, Deontay Johnson is pretty is uh, especially interesting because his ADP is like very very low right now. He didn't score a single touchdown last year. The year before that, he had eight. Yeah, you know, so he's going to hit some positive regression there. I'm, yeah, I'm curious what you think. George Pickens is ADP has flipped Deontay Johnson. There's been a flipping between right? George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. I'm curious what you think about that. I'd rather have Deontay Johnson, and I, and I and I'm I'm upbeat on George Pickens. You, you yeah. know who's looked really good in the preseason is Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I like Kenny Pickett too. Yeah. Um, okay, my round six is Mike Williams. For whatever for whatever reason, people are just not excited to draft him, even though I think that I think Keenan Allen will probably out target him. But in terms of air yards, Mike Mike Williams is just going to blow him out of the water. The Chargers are going to throw the ball downfield more this year. That has been like the theme of Kellen Moore's first training camp as the Chargers offensive coordinator. Justin Herbert has an absolute rocket for an arm, and Mike Williams is their best downfield receiver. So I I think that this is another easy one. You know, Mike Williams has an injury history that is somewhat concerning, but when he's going in the sixth round, and he's probably a third-round player. Love Mike. Yeah, he's probably a third or fourth round player and he's going in the sixth round. So that takes that injury risk out of the equation, I would say. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is another one where in in the high stakes in best ball, Mike Williams goes round four or so. Home leagues, he goes way later. You see the fantasy pros ADP down there in the one uh, in the sixth round, like Evan said, sometimes even later. I think the rumors that Mike Williams or the reports that Mike Williams has been playing more slot in training camp is meaningful. He needs some easy targets, you know, similar mm-hmm. to George Pickens. Like, let's just get him two or three catches a game on just some layup targets. Let him mm-hmm. get underneath. And I think that would make a big, big, big difference for Mike Williams' profile. It sounds like Kellen Moore is going to do that, which I think is notable. Go to round seven here. And typically in round seven, I'm a little bit light at running back. My two targets in round seven are James Cook and David Montgomery. I am fine with these guys. Ideally as my RB3, but if in, in a pinch, in a tough league, if they need to be my RB2, that's totally fine. I can add some more later. There's plenty of options later. For me on James Cook, is just a chance to get the feature back. And I know that he's going to lose some work to Damian Harris, might lose some work to Latavius Murray, but we're still getting the feature back on one of the best offenses in the league. And a guy they're, I think, excited about. Like, I think they're excited to see what James Cook can do if he plays well. He could see 65, 70, 75% of the running back touches for the Bills, which is a ton. And I think the baseline is something around 55 or 60%. So yeah, 
It's scary that Damian Harris came in at the goal line. We'll talk about that tomorrow um, to steal that goal line carry and execute it successfully in their preseason game. But still think James Cook just closed my eyes, bet on the skill set that I like in a really good offense in round seven. Evan, round seven for you. Round seven for me is Tyler Lockett. And, you know, just year after year, even higher than ADP on Tyler Lockett. And this year, for some reason, his ADP is like the lowest that it's ever been like since his rookie year. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, DK Metcalf is, you know, obviously a, a beast of a talent. And I think that he's going to have a big year. I think that Tyler Lockett is too. I think Tyler Lockett's actually the best wide receiver on the team. And you can get him in the sixth and seventh round almost every time. Uh I, I think there's an easy one, Tyler Lockett, in the seventh round. All right. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for Evan. I assume you have no problem with both of them on the same team, Evan. Yeah, I, I absolutely would draft both of them on the yeah. same team. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to round eight. I had two wide receivers here that I like, Gabe Davis and Jahan Dotson. I sent a tweet today talking about Jahan Dotson's steam. I mean, maybe he won't be available in round eight, even in home leagues anymore. Dude is just shredding. Obviously, the Terry McLaurin toe injury has something to do with how hard it is getting Jahan Dotson right now and Sam Howell is playing really well so I'll stick with Gabe Davis in round eight you remember last year he sustained a high ankle sprain in week two Josh Allen hurt his elbow midway through the year and Gabe flat out didn't play well and Gabe Davis still finished as the wide receiver 36 in fantasy points per game so now he's going in round eight wide receiver 38 or so nothing's really changed except Gabe Davis is healthier and he can get better and Josh Allen's healthier. So just an absolute no-brainer, even if Gabe Davis fails again. And yes, I would consider last season a fail for Gabe Davis. He's still not going to completely crush you in round eight. Evan, go ahead on round eight. Yeah, going back to Jahan Dotson, I think that he is going to be super popular in DFS because it's starting to look like McLaurin is not going to be ready to go in week one. Yeah. So... um in round eight, I have two guys, two running backs. I think they're you can get both as RB3s, Antonio Gibson and Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert has really separated himself in the Bears running back competition. Jontae Foreman, we were hearing that he was going to be released, and then he got hurt. Um, so I wonder if he's going to open on the IL. And then Rashawn Johnson, he has won the Bears' number two running back job, but he's a fourth-round rookie. And it sounds to me, I was listening to, again, on this uh, athletic podcast, they were just covering the NFC North. They had Kevin Fishbane on. He has covered the Bears for a long time. I remember he used to work for Pro Football Weekly, and now he works for The Athletic. And he was talking about how Khalil Herbert has like separated himself from the other Bears in that running back room. He, even before Deontay Foreman went down, Fishbane was like, he just wasn't showing that much. So, and that is probably why he was maybe going to be released before that. So, yeah. Clear Herbert last year um, was like, well, through his first two seasons, he's been hyper productive over five yards per carry, and he's a tackle breaker. And they kind of didn't trust him in the passing game uh, this past year and, and uh, as a rookie. And it sounds like he's taken a pretty big step forward there. The, the Bears running back or the Bears backfield is theoretically not hyper conducive to fantasy points. Justin Fields is going to steal a lot. Um, but I think for the RB3 price in the eighth round, 
I'm willing to take a shot on Clear Herbert, I, and I believe in him as a talent. Yeah, uh, Clear Herbert, very, very good player. I've loved playing him anytime David Montgomery has been out. My concern on Bears running backs is always how many pa- ca- passes can they catch from Justin Fields, and also how many touchdowns can they score with Justin Fields mm-hmm. taking so many red zone touches. But that's why Khalil Herbert's available here in round eight. You know, I mean, that's why he's available so late. I do like taking Roshan Johnson late. He was mixing in on a bunch of third downs in the preseason game. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Round nine for me, I think is a disagreement. Evan mentioned Antonio Gibson. Round nine for me is Brian Robinson. And I get the argument against Brian Robinson. He's not a dynamic talent. He doesn't look like a great pass catcher. I'm just not willing to make sweeping talent judgments on Brian Robinson. And coaches seem to just never really like to play Antonio Gibson. Now, maybe that'll change under Eric Bieniemy, who used McKinnon a ton in Kansas City, obviously likes that archetype of back. But I think Brian Robinson is going to be like for sure the base guy. And he's actually had a 14% target share in the preseason. For what it's worth, reports out of camp have been Brian Robinson, but is playing well in the past game. And so I think he's way more likely to get more carries, more red zone carries, more goal line carries than Antonio Gibson. And if he can just get some of the pass down work or some of the, some targets in base, I think Brian Robinson will actually beat Antonio Gibson. So I've kind of gone back and forth on this one, but right now I feel much better about the outlook for Brian Robinson. He's my guy in round nine, especially in on teams where I have not taken a bunch of running backs already. I'll say this about the Washington backfield. It does not seem like it's like any kind of like a true competition. Like they're just going to cut it right down the middle. Yeah. Um, so I, I think both of these guys, RB3, RB4 flex option. And, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and look, the way that Sam Howell has played in the preseason inspires confidence that this offense is going to be competent. Yep. Um, my round nine is David Njoku, mm-hmm. who, and, and there have been mixed reports on Deshaun Watson in training camp, but I think the one consistent thing that, that we've heard is that he has, uh, he has developed a rapport with David Njoku, who's mm-hmm. coming off career highs across the board, and they got a bi- he got a big contract from Cleveland, and you know he's a player that came out of Miami, Florida. And I mean, he, he was obviously a freak and, but he was super young. Uh, I mean, he was like 20 years old when he came out and now he's, he's reaching that, that sort of age where tight ends start to break out. And I think that David Njoku has like top five tight end one overall potential. He has that kind of a ceiling, but you don't have to draft him where those guys go. Cause those guys go real early. Mm-hmm. The first six, seven tight ends, they're going off the board in the first four or five rounds. So when you can get David Njoku, I think who I think has that kind of upside in the ninth round, you know, and if you don't get one of those guys like David Njoku, I think should be the, the next target on your board at tight end. Yeah, I absolutely love David Njoku. I, I did have Firemuth ahead of Njoku for a little bit. I've I've recently flip-flopped that, and now I take Njoku ahead of Firemuth. Who do you, who do you prefer there, Evan, between Firemuth? Yeah, and I've Njoku. got him like almost back to back right now. I think I have Firemuth like one spot ahead. Yeah, but yeah, I've been thinking about flipping him. Yeah. Um, okay. I David Njoku is like an awesome target to me too. I think the reason that he goes in round nine is people are assigning a ton of target share to Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples Jones. However, David Njoku's role looks awesome. I mean. 
Deshaun Watson dropped back 17 times this preseason. David Njoku ran a route on 17, all 17 of them. Like his role was awesome. Agree with Evan about the athletic profile. It's just exciting for him. All right. Last round here, we're going to do round 10. I am going to go with more running backs here. And you kind of see here my style. One running back early, maybe two, and then fill it in later with some guys that I like who have upside. In round 10 for me, it's either Jalen Warren or Zach Charbonnet. We've talked plenty about the split between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I don't think we need to go too much into it there. Jalen Warren is earning more already and can earn more as the season goes along. And then on Charbonnet, I like Kenneth Walker, man. I, I really do. I, I think when you use round two draft capital at the running back position, you're saying you're going to use this guy. And so Zach Charbonnet obviously has the contingent upside and he's going to get play pass downs ahead of Kenneth Walker. And he might take some base too if Kenneth Walker struggles with the success rate stuff that the Seahawks seem to be frustrated with last year. So Jalen Warren or Charbonnet for me in round 10 to kind of fill out a running back room. Evan, go ahead on 10. Yeah, I went with two guys, Cortland Sutton and Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks just recently returned to practice. I'm guessing that his ADP will go up a little bit. I've been hearing that he was absolutely destroying Titans camp before he suffered that sprained LCL, but he recovered really quick, and, and that's good. Apparently, he had shed like 10% body fat, and he recovered very quickly from this knee injury. He's, he's looking good on the practice field today. Um, and I think that there is a scenario where he can overtake DeAndre Hopkins as at least as the Titans' air yardage leader mm -hmm. because I think he's going to get more downfield stuff, and DeAndre Hopkins is going to do more possession stuff and, and stuff along the sidelines. Um and then Cortland Sutton, I mean, just the seas have parted for this dude. No Tim Patrick, no KJ Hamler. Actually, we were just on um, uh, Schefter's podcast, and he told us that Hamler ain't going to play this season. We know that Patrick is out with the torn Achilles. And another thing that Schefter dropped, I don't know, should I like let the people listen? or No, no, we, we, we got to say it because that's not technically our podcast. <laughs> um, Jerry Judy... It sounds like he might be out longer than people anticipate. Actually, right after this, I'm going to go move him down the rankings because yeah. Schefter gave us a little bit of information on him and sounds pessimistic that he's available for the first month of the season. Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims. I mean, these guys are, are locked and loaded into two receiver sets, it appears. And I think that Russell Wilson can still throw the deep ball. And those, those two guys, like Cortland Sutton can be a downfield clasher. And Marvin Mims can go get it. I, if we would have gone to round 11, I would have put Marvin Mims in round yeah. 11. Yeah. I like both those guys a ton. I, I The Traylon Burks thing, I mean, similar to Jahan Dotson was, I thought, impressive given the circumstances in, in, in for his rookie year in Traylon Burks, considering like he didn't really run a route tree in college. And, he, you know, they came and asked him to do a bunch of things. Traylon Burks has a real chance. And like Evan said, knee is shaping up well ahead of week one. Broncos guys are super interesting too. I mean, Sean Payton, I think, has real plans for Marvin Mims. That one is very, very, very exciting. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this round-by-round -round look at our favorite targets. Appreciate you being here. As always, we'll be back tomorrow to go through Silva's ranking changes, reactions to preseason news. There's been a ton of it, and we're going to get a ton more here. That'll be out Tuesday night on the rankings changes. Be sure you're subscribed anywhere this podcast is found or on YouTube. It is indeed free. We will have content through the season as well for 
producer Luke for Evan. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.